Yoga in all its forms has been a support for me in my life through all the highs and lows. It's opened my mind and my heart in ways I never knew were possible. It has been a teacher, a taskmaster, and a friend. This podcast is an offering. I wish to share the teachings of yoga with you as a tool to help navigate life. Namaste and welcome. Well, hello, welcome back to It's All Yoga with Jackie. I'm very happy you're here. Um, On this episode, I thought I would start off with the first few sutras in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And my reason for choosing that as a starting point is I really want to have a foundation for us to work from that is steeped in the ancient yoga texts. And the best one really to start from is the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. What is a sutra for those that don't know? It's where we get the word sutra from, S-U-T-U-R-E, and it, it's a thread that strings or sews things together. So the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali are 196 aphorisms or sutras that I like to say thread, they, they weave the tapestry of yoga together. And what is yoga? Well, we spoke of that and we will many times moving forward on this podcast is that yoga means to come together. It means wholeness, integration, connection, union, union with the body, mind, and spirit, union with the present moment, right? Being one with what is happening. The Buddha's definition of suffering is wanting the present moment to be other than what it is. Doesn't that sound familiar? Whatever is happening in the now, if for some reason we are disenchanted by it or we're thrown off course by it, it's just, it could be raining and we want it to be sunny. It could be hot and we want it to be cold. Um, It could be Monday and we want it to be Saturday. That's, That's simply suffering because you want the present moment to be other than what it is. Yoga and the teachings of Buddhism and and other wonderful, profound teachings, they give us this understanding that that is what suffering is. And here is a way to eradicate the suffering, alleviate the suffering, or at least wake up and notice that you're suffering. That's really the first step. You're not going to change something until you acknowledge and accept it. So when we look at the sutras of Patanjali, this is a book now in its original um, state. It was an oral tradition that was shared, uh, oral teachings that were shared thousands of years ago by Patanjali. He did not, it is said in the texts, and I'll remind anyone that's listening, I'm not a scholar. I am one who has benefited greatly in my life from the teachings of yoga, and therefore I share them. But it is said that Patanjali, who did not create yoga, 
but was the first person to codify the teachings. And this codification has turned into many, many, many interpretations of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. People study the sutras, which, like I used the word earlier, they're aphorisms. They're very dense, very often one or two lines at most. And what we have in the books that we see on the bookshelves in New Age bookshops or the yoga section of the bookshops or yoga studios that have books in their retail section, what we're seeing is interpretations. What people that have decided to take on the study of the Yoga Sutras, that's their interpretation of it as it presents from their lens. Well, that's what this is. That's what the Yoga Sutras are meant to be. I am going to share with you the Yoga Sutras, the Yoga Sutras as I experience them, as I understand them now. I understood them differently 15 years ago, and I promise you I will understand them differently 15 years from now. I may understand them differently at the end of this podcast because they're not a one and done. It's not a book that you pick up and read and you get to the end of it, and it's it's not that kind of thing. It's It's something that is continually evolving within you and you as you evolve and engage with the sutras over and over again you see new things in them you you're experiencing these shifts in perception it's one of my favorite concepts from a course in miracles is that a miracle is a shift in perception anytime we have that experience of shifting our perception from looking at something one way to looking at it another, we are actually experiencing a miracle. But we have to be open to this. We have to be curious. We have to be seekers. So the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, again, it was an oral teaching that Patanjali put forth thousands of years ago. And you will find many interpretations in your local bookstore. I, when I dive into the sutras, when I engage in the sutras, for instance, right now in front of me, in for this recording, I have three books, three interpretations of the sutras that I may read from for us in this episode. I will usually have a three to five interpretations of the sutras when I am engaging in them. Because in any kind of philosophical endeavor, you want to be engaged in a dialogue. So in this instance, the dialogue would be me and the four or five authors that have shared their interpretation of the sutras. I want to see it from a few different lenses and then take it in and sit with it and see what comes up for me and apply it to my life. The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali are broken down into four padas. Pada means chapter. I can sprinkle my talks with some Sanskrit words, but again, I, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar, um, but I do have a deep respect for Sanskrit. Sanskrit is sound, it's vibration. And 
one of the things on my bucket list is to learn Sanskrit so that I am able to recite the sutras in their original state. And that is said to be, um, it affords us a shift in our vibrational energy to be able to do that. But I can sprinkle some words here and there. And that is in my uh, choosing to do that, to sprinkle some words here and there, whether I'm teaching a physical yoga class or talking about philosophy, that is to pay homage, to honor the tradition from which I am speaking. So in order to apply some of the Sanskrit terms is to stay connected to the ancient lineage of these teachings. By all means, it's not to show off because it's very possible I'm pronouncing them wrong, but Pada is chapter. There are four chapters in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Interestingly enough, the way the book is always presented is that the first chapter is as if the author was speaking to someone who is already immersed in the yoga practices. So the first chapter is the chapter on contemplation. And then the second chapter is more about actual practices and delving a little more deeply into what the first chapter was showing us. So it's almost like the first chapter says, this is what's possible. And the second chapter says, here's how to do this. And then the third and fourth chapters are a deeper understanding, a richer um, experience or delving into. And it can even, once the fourth chapter happens, we're moving into um, some very austere, esoteric, um, almost shape-shifting experiences, if you will. The um, I'm going to share with you some readings from Light on the Yoga Sutras by BKS Iyengar, which is, uh, again, I shared from in our last episode. And I want to start with an, an invocation, a prayer to Patanjali, which is in the beginning of the book. I would traditionally chant this in Sanskrit prior to teaching a yoga class, but I am going to recite it in the English, mainly for purposes of time. Let us bow before the noblest of sages, Patanjali, who gave yoga for serenity and sanctity of mind, grammar for clarity and purity of speech, and medicine for perfection of health. Let us prostrate before Patanjali, an incarnation of Adisesa, whose upper body has a human form, whose arms hold a conch and a disc, and who is crowned by a thousand-headed cobra. Where there is yoga, there is prosperity and bliss with freedom. Another favorite prayer or offering of mine is from one of the Upanishads. 
and this is in some uh, times you'll hear this called the peace chant. May he, the Supreme Being, protect us both teacher and taught. May he be pleased with us. May we acquire strength. May our study bring us illumination. May there be no enmity among us. Om, peace, peace, peace. So when we jump into the sutras of Patanjali, we do want a bit of an understanding. You have a little background about 2,500 or so years ago. Um, these sutras were um, put together in an oral teaching, as I said. And I'm going to start with the first sutra. And it's a very simple sutra. And again, a reminder that these will be my interpretations as I um, experience them in my own life and in my own understanding. So the first sutra reads, Atta Yoga Nasanam. Atta Yoga Nasasanam. With prayers for divine blessings, now begins an exposition of the sacred art of yoga. In some interpretations, which that was from BKS Iyengar, it will say simply, and I am pulling now up my book from Sri Swami Satchidananda, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali Translation and Commentary. And he starts with the first sutra by saying, now the exposition of yoga is being made. I've heard people start this off by saying, now yoga. And so let's look at that for a moment. We can look at atta, which is the first word, and it's defined as now, a blessing, a benediction, a good omen. What is the benediction? What is the good omen that's happening? The way I've experienced it, and see if this resonates with you, is that everything in our life has come before this moment. Who we are or who we perceive ourselves to be is a composition, a composite, if you will, of everything that's happened in our life before Atta, before now. And this now yoga is an offering. It's saying, come here, sit with these teachings. We understand what life has felt like for you, the highs, the lows, the blessings, the challenges. We understand that there have been many labels put on you, your job, your position in life, your race, your gender, your birth order, order, your astrological sign, all these things. And the first sutra is saying, bring all of that with you. And now let's bring it all together in yoga, in union. It's not saying everything that came before you, let's forget about that. 
let's just step into yoga as if it's going to be some kind of a saving sacred container that you will now be able to erase all of the past pain and suffering. It's not saying here, drink the Kool-Aid, now yoga. It's saying, we want you to bring forth everything that has come before. And we're going to use all of that and unpack all of that, all of those experiences. We need it all so that we can explore what it truly means to exist in this human incarnation. And we need your previous life experiences because those have been teachers and, and signposts along the way. And so we're going to bring all of that with us to now. And we are being blessed to begin this exploration of yoga, this exposition of yoga. It's an offering. You don't have to pick it up. You know, not all gifts are needed to be received. But if you're listening to this, or if you've taken yoga classes, or if you have your own yoga sutra books, you have accepted the calling to look at what it means to be in this precious human life form, its challenges and its blessings. You're not just going to take everything on face value. Now, yoga. And I joke when I teach students, I say, it doesn't mean, well, I tried Tai Chi and I tried Zumba. Now I think I'll give yoga a try. That's not what it's saying. And yet it's saying, bring all of that with you because we're going to unpack it under this beautiful umbrella of these teachings. I want to share this second sutra with you. And the second sutra is, I'll do it off the top of my head, Yoga's Chitta Vritti Naroda. Some say that the second sutra, you can spend at least one lifetime with just that sutra. Remember there, there, if I mentioned earlier, there are 196 sutras or aphorisms. And many teachers have said, you could spend your, this lifetime on that one sutra, Yoga's Chitta Vritti Naroda. Why? Because loosely translated, that means that yoga calms the fluctuations of the mind. Vrittis are fluctuations. It's as if you have this beautiful, clear lake and a pebble has been dropped in. The ripples on the lake are the vrittis. Your mind and the way it operates, perceives, is always a rippled lake. It's rare for it to be a clear lake. Yet, you are inherently wired, designed to experience and know that clear lake. That's actually your true nature. Your true nature, our true nature is the clear lake. But life, mind stuff, labels, identifications, throw pebbles in that clear lake. And the ripples 
are very distracting. The ripples can be exhausting. The ripples can make us feel like we cannot get to a moment of stress-free, like something is always rippling. Yoga is the practice of recognizing the vrittis, the fluctuations, the ripples, and getting an understanding through the sutras of the machinations of your mind. How does your mind work? That's what the yoga sutras teach us. That's what yoga is. In order for you to be wholly and fully united, connected, integrated, present with your body, mind, and spirit, you have to have a very strong understanding of how your mind works. And we'll talk about this in future episodes because this is called It's All Yoga. And when we realize that yoga is the calming of those fluctuations, we realize that every moment is an opportunity for us to experience the fluctuations and have the tools to learn how to calm them. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. And uh, if you have any curiosity about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, I can rec recommend The Path of the Yoga Sutras by Nikolai Bachman. I can recommend The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali that I read briefly from by Sri Swami Satchidananda. And of course, BKS Iyengar's Light on the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And there are so many more. Um, thank you so much for experiencing this episode with me as I bring my hands together at the heart center in prayer position. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings live with ease. Namaste.